we go. I see it. Welcome to Sports and Songs, episode number 44. Today is October 17th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Dan, along with Andy. Andy, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing fine. Doing fine. We've got lots to talk about. We've got sports, of course, uh, pro, high school, college. And we also have music. Concert review. And concert review. Concert review. Yes. Well, we'll start with football stuff here. We'll just start with NFL stuff. I don't want anybody else, but I know for me, the Dak Prescott injury killed me in fantasy football. I, okay. I don't care anymore. I'm done. But uh, Andy Dalton's now their quarterback, which I'm okay with. Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. But that moved Ben DiNucci up to number two on the list. And a lot of people are going, Ben DiNucci? That name sounds familiar. Well, yes, it does. Because on draft day, we talked about it here. Ben DiNucci was a starting quarterback at James Madison University. Uh, well, I'm uh, Division two, FCS, whatever you want to call it. That, he played for the school that NDSU beat for the championship this year. Ben DiNucci is a very good quarterback. Um, they almost won that game at the last minute, right? I'm sorry? They almost won that game at the last minute. Yes. And he had some great playoff games that run. Um, his uncle is Tony DiNucci, who is uh, AWF wrestling wrestler here, uh, former WWF wrestler. So if the name DiNucci sounds familiar, yes, it's the same one. But uh, yeah, he was at James Madison University. And so now he's here. So he's a lot of these Division II schools, their quarterbacks are coming to be prominent. Don't shake off the bad or the lower schools. Everybody laughs at them. Carson Wentz, Tony DiNucci, and now Trey Lance, who's the quarterback at NDSU. I heard a guy on ESPN yesterday, Clatt, talk about how Trey Lance might be a first-round pick in next year's draft. So remember those names they might come so that's just something to keep in mind. And also with the NFL, a lot, a lot of coronavirus can be scheduled. So brings up the NFL bubble. And I heard they were kicking around bubbling for the playoffs. Um, I don't know, you know, Los Angeles has come up with a site. Dallas has come up with a site. And some people are going, oh, yeah, they could play a game up, you know, and in Michigan, at the big house, because that's a, you know, a, you know, they want a city that's got two stadiums close by for all the teams. We do like Michigan and Ford Field. And so people are complaining, going, no, they don't want a, someone getting penalized with cold weather for the playoffs. So they're going to bubble. They want perfect weather cities. So it would be Arizona, Los Angeles, Dallas, because they got a nice dome. Um, the Florida teams, maybe Atlanta because of their dome. Um, God knows the Falcons aren't making the playoffs this year, so. Those are the sites that are being kicked around. Obviously, the NFL, with their chip on their shoulder, didn't want to change the schedule. They wanted to go full bore ahead. Now we're getting Tuesday night games. We're getting games scheduled, changed. Teams having bye weeks changed. Now, I know the NFL gave themselves that extra week at the end there before the regular season playoffs in case they had to move games down. I'd hate to see a team say, oh, we'll just move that game down. Okay, say it was like this week, the Vikings in Atlanta. That game's going to be meaningless. You still going to make them play that game then? So that's why they got to make these games up fast because you don't know. But that's 
NFL bubbling playoffs. Just got to keep an ear open for that. That might be coming out. Uh, another bit. Uh, no pro wrestling news this week, but a little amateur wrestling news. Dan Gable, uh, U.S. Olympic champion and legendary U.S. wrestler, will receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. Um, the director of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame mentioned. Uh, Gable, who's now 71, won the 72 Olympic, the 68-kilogram title, without surrendering a point. Before that, he went 181-1, and won between high school and college at Iowa State. And Iowa State's still slough for college wrestling. That's very good school. So you, it's not like he was playing bad teams all the time, or wrestling bad players all the time. He was going against top-of-the-line people. Later, he guided the University of Iowa to 15 national titles as a coach from 76 to 97. Gable joins a long line of Olympians who have received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, including Jesse Owens, Muhammad Ali, Pat Summit. Um, and in July, Jim Rohn was the first U.S. high schooler to break the four minutes in the mile in the Olympics. And he was a silver medalist when he won that honor. So congratulations to him getting the presidential medal. It's a very high honor. Nice to see uh, amateur athletes when they get stuff like that. Uh, I think a quick turn to pro sports. Sorry if I do this every now and then. I'm watching the Braves Dodgers game over the corner here um, as we're recording this. But uh we were hoping we'd have the World Series lined up by tonight when we came up with this cast, and we don't. Uh, Rays and Astros will be decided tonight. Um, and right now, Dodgers, Braves are playing. Braves are up 3-2 in the series. Dodgers are up 3-1 right now as we're recording this. But uh, personally, I hope it's the Braves and the Rays. That's my pick right now as it's going. Um, I've heard some talk saying uh, Dave Roberts – head coach or manager for the Dodgers um, might be out of a job if they don't win the world series. Uh, a lot of pressure. They spend all the money on Mookie Betts and some other players. It's like, you got all the chips here, win it. If he doesn't, might be a winner go home for him too. So we'll see how that turns out for him. I like Dave. He's a good coach, good manager. Uh, players seem to like him. So hopefully he can continue on. But uh, next week's show, if we record on Saturday, like we're planning, is scheduled for Game 4 of the World Series, so that might be a very – a week from today could be Game 4 of the World Series. We could be done with baseball by this time next week. So, <sighs> very sad day. Um, one other baseball fact I got, I know Dan's got a report for baseball, but one more thing. Looking up stuff about Joe Morgan. Fact that uh, we put it on our social media page on Facebook. We were talking about this in our production meeting. Joe Morgan had 40 seasons or four seasons where he had at least 50 extra base hits, 50 stolen bases, and 100 base on balls. The rest of, Major League, the, rest of the players in Major League Baseball history that have done that, zero. Just unreal. Unreal that no one else has done that. Just going to talk about, you look at all the things with Ricky Henderson or Tim Raines, but it's like, Okay, the 50 extra base hits, 50 stole bases I can get, but I didn't really picture those two being a lot of 100 base on balls guys. Um, I don't remember those, year, those years for Joe Morgan. I caught him my life towards the end of his career, uh, so I don't remember him being the big base-stealing threat like that. I, I could buy the base on balls and the extra base hits, but I don't remember the base-stealing part. Yeah, I don't, I don't either – 
that uh, base stealing was a, a shock to see that. I too followed Joe Morgan later on his later years, but uh, uh, I brought I did have a card here to bring up to show the listening audience here. There he is, the old uh, Joe Morgan trading baseball trading card. Uh, just died this week, so yeah. There's Joe Morgan, good, good guy, but I did not know that stat. Boy, that is that is, and no one else did it. I mean, he had the numbers all by himself on those things. Four times, four seasons, he did it, not just once, four. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I do have one note here for uh, for Major League Baseball, if I could fit it in here. I know what the uh, the Astros are playing uh, tonight, and uh, their manager is Dusty Baker. So. Another guy that you and I probably followed uh, back in the day, Dusty Baker, was great hitter with the Dodgers uh, when he was playing with, with the Dodgers. And the stat I was going to bring up tonight, there's two of them, two, two stats that the newer listeners uh, may not even know. Uh, Dusty Baker was part of the group in 19, I think it was 77. Uh, they were the first team to have four hitters on their lineup with 30 or more home runs. That was unheard of back yeah. then. Usually had a power hitter or two or maybe even three. But that year they had Ron Say with 30 home runs, Steve Garvey with 30 home runs, and Reggie Smith with, with 30 or more home runs. It was Dusty Baker that season that came into the final day of the regular season with 29, 29 home runs. And so at Dodger Stadium, final game of the regular season, he hit his 30th, and the place went wild. Uh, place went wild. It's his 30th home run. First major league team ever in history to have four on one team that had 30 or more homers. Now, we know the Twins themselves had it just last year, or do they have five guys? Five, I believe. Five. So four is, is more common nowadays, but at the time it was unreal. When he rounded – third and came home at the plate, the on-deck batter had his hand up and Dusty Baker slapped it for the first ever high five in sports history. That was never done. That was never done before. That on-deck circle player's name was Glenn Burke. He was on deck and he said for some reason he decided to put his arm up in jubilation and Dusty Baker came around the corner and slapped it. They call that the Dodgers invented the high five. And I'm not sure if anyone in our listening audience even knew that factoid. Uh, so I thought it'd be a good chance to bring it up tonight. Dusty Baker, good yeah. player. I think he's a very good manager uh, as well. Uh, but Dusty Baker playing in game seven tonight, managed many, many years. Uh, he was the man- man- National League manager of the year three times already. And now he took over for that, uh, that Astros team that wasn't even uh, had a 500 record. Now they're, in game seven, possibly going to the playoffs. So that's my Dusty Baker uh, little tidbit for Sports and Songs podcast today, the co-inventor of the high five. And, and Dusty Baker, I remember back when he was the manager of the Giants, Dusty Baker, not many guys have a sweatband with a picture of themselves on it like Dusty Baker does. Oh, really? Sweatband's on with a picture of himself on it. Oh, that is awesome. That's 
So that's what that's what you're doing wrong, Dan. That's what you need for your uniform next year. You need sweatbands with your picture on it. That is awesome. And for the listeners out there, Dusty Baker always had the long time toothpick in his mouth, right? Uh, as a manager, I always had the toothpick. Now we get the COVID. Everyone's got to wear masks. The question is, does he still have a toothpick in his mouth with the mask? I think so. Yeah. I think so. He's dusty. He's that, that's a fair question. I mean, my guy has a picture on his arm. Of course he's got a toothpick on his, on his arm. Of himself. That's like Ricky Henderson would do that. Of course. Ricky being Ricky. You know? um, I love Ricky. Uh, NASCAR. Uh, goes on to the round of eight, or the final eight guys starting this week for the race. Uh, Kevin Harvick's in first. Um, they kind of realign their points every time they do it. Harvick's in first with 4,067. Um, then they got Denny Hamlin, Kowalski, Chase Elliott moved up to fourth, Logano, Martin Truex Jr., Alex Bauman at 4,009, and Kurt Busch at 4,006. Do not count out Kurt Busch. Um, just because he's low there. You know, the next cut after three races, he's got to be up so high. So he's only got to get up there. But don't count out Kurt Busch. Although Harvick and Hamlin are having great seasons, don't count out Kurt Busch is all I'm going to say. Uh, the race is tomorrow, Sunday at 1.30 Central Time, 2.30 Eastern. The Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway. Um, if you look at our Facebook page today, uh, Clint Boyer, NASCAR driver who just got eliminated last week, he is from Kansas. And he took one of the uh, iRacing simulator cars around the track to kind of give a tour of the track. Uh, you can see that video on our Facebook page if you're interested in that. Uh, moving to high school sports, they are starting up and they're going. We have uh, some rankings here for you. And 1A, the girls 1A as of October 12th, had Holy Angels in first, Benilson Margaret second, and Monomedi third. Uh, Waconia was eighth. Oh, Waconia kind of in the local school here. We'll give them a shout uh, the 2A had Rosemont, Stillwater, and Edina third. Uh, Tonka was eighth in that ranking. Uh, for the boys, Class 1A had Breck, Austin, and Holy Angels. And Holy Angels moving up from six to three. And in 2A, it was Wyzetta, Champlain Park, and Lakeville North. Uh, Minnetonka sitting in 10th. Just so you know, those are not our rankings. Dan and I did not sit down and come up with these. These are off. State page, the state page, this is not our group of experts coming up with this. This is all off the state page. So uh, you're welcome to go there to look it up. Uh, it's very interesting. got all the stuff on there. Soccer playoffs have started. We're not going to touch every conference, every section here, because that's just too long. Uh, soccer, we got in the 2A girls advancing, Edina beat Bloomington Jefferson, and Chaska lost to Shakopee. In the upper bracket, lower bracket, Chanhassen over Ian Prairie and Tonka over Prior Lake. So those teams will be matching up on second, on the 20th, I'm sorry. So it'll be Chanhassen and then Tonka and Edina Shakopee meet in the second round there on October 20th. Um, six AA soccer. You had Minneapolis Southwest advancing on and Green Durham, Minneapolis South moving on. And then the lower part of that bracket, you had uh, Hopkins upsetting Minneapolis Washburn and Wyzetta Armstrong in there. Um, now, the reason we skipped some of these, we're kind of going off where we live, where we know some listeners live. 
we miss your town or miss your area, please let us know. We'll, we'll cover them. We got no issue with that. Eight AA girls. Rogers, the one seed, had a bye. They'll face Elk River, who beat St. Michael Albertville in the 4 5 game. In the lower part of that bracket, Maple Grove advanced and Brainerd upset number three, Moorhead. So those teams are playing the 20th. Class A, 2A. Uh, Waconia, the one seed, they won and they advanced. They will play Mankato East on the 20th. And uh, the lower part of that bracket, St. Peter, with the upset over Mankato East, will play Southwest Christian, who moves on. They're the two seed there. In 6A, the number one seed, Watertown Mayor, advanced by beating Providence Academy. The ninth seed, and they will play number five seed, NCA, who beat Monticello, the four seed. Uh, lower part of that bracket has Orono facing Becker. Becker is the 15 seed. They've advanced through, so... Hey, they got the hot hand right now, so we'll see how they're doing. I did not want to be Orno playing that team coming in right now. In 8A, number four, Bemidji, over eight, number one, East Grand Forks to advance, and they will play Alexandria, who's the two seed. Uh, lower part of that bracket has Sartell and St. Cloud Cathedral advancing on. Boys soccer, 2AA. Uh, winners advancing on, you got Edina, the one seed, and they'll play number four, Minnetonka. Minnetonka beat Prior Lake there. Uh, they'll be playing on the 20th for boys soccer. Lower part of that bracket, Ian Prairie, the sixth seed, upset Chaska, and they will play, uh, go against number two, Shakopee, who advanced on. 6A, you got Orono, and they'll play Southwest Christian, who beat the, who's the five seed, and they beat number four, Watertown Mayor, to advance. So we got Orono and Southwest Christian there. Lower part of that bracket, Number six seed, Waconia, upset Monticello. And they'll play the number two seed, Holy Family. So that's a good matchup going there. And in 8A, you got Pelican Rapids, the one seed. They'll play the number three seed, Bemidji, uh, on the 20th at Pelican Rapids. And the lower part of that bracket, you have Sartell going up against St. Cloud Tech. Um, so that's for high school soccer. This is all coming up again this week. We'll be moving on. Very exciting. Uh, we want to watch the soccer teams support them. Football, um, they've all got one game under their, bra their belt, but here's some of the brackets and the, the rankings. For the Metro, got Lakeville South is the overall number one. You see Ian Prairie there at two, Prior Lake at five. Um, then you kind of break down into the seeds after that. You got 6A, got Lakeville South, Ian Prairie, Prior Lake right there. Um, that should be a good conference to watch this year. Um, just kind of scroll through real quick. 5A, Chaska one, St. Thomas County two. Moorhead at six of Spuds and Chan Hansen in at nine. The 4A, Hutch number one. You got Recrory at five, Orono at six. So um, Hutchinson, very good team. We'll have to watch them this year, see how they do. 3A, um, Annandale sitting there at two, the Rochester Lords at four. We've heard those names a lot in the past. Uh, 2A, uh, Caledonia at one, Minneapolis North two. Um, Crosby Iron Turn at seven. Uh, that that's still gonna be good good football there. I remember two A last year it was really fun to watch. One A got Blooming Prairie at one. Mayor Lutheran at five, kind of the hometown team for us there. Underwood. We have family up north there, so Underwood at seven. We'll hear about it if we don't mention them. And nine man, um, Hills Beaver Creek at one, Winnie Mac at three. I got family with Winnie Mac, so I gotta plug them. The the Patriots. It used to be the Scots until 1987. 
Uh, they changed my cousin's senior year. They changed to the Patriots. He was very upset. Never seen him cry until that day. Um, so that's high school football. That's coming up. College football. The rankings are out. Um, you see, it's going to be kind of jumbled up there. You see Ohio State's at six. Well, they don't play until next week, but since the Big Ten said they're playing again, they threw their teams in there. You got Penn State at nine. Um, Gophers are at 24. Other Big Ten schools got Wisconsin at 16 and Michigan 19 in the rankings there. Um, some other Gopher news that was made out or at least college news involving the University of Minnesota. Minnesota is going to host four NCAA championships between 2023 and 2025. Uh, Minnesota chosen Division one champions in various sports and different events. Um, they're going to have in 2023, the men's swimming and diving championship will be held at the aquatic center on, on campus. Also in 2023, the NCAA women's ice hockey Frozen Four will be in Duluth. So uh, those who go up Duluth a lot, you see the arena right there on the lake. I personally haven't been in that arena yet. I hear it's very nice. I'm 2023 women's hockey up there. 2024 men's ice hockey Frozen Four will be at the X. And 2025 women's hockey, again, will be at Ritter Arena. Uh, these are all in addition to other upcoming championships here at the campus. Uh, 2021 men's basketball regionals course. 21 men's gymnastics championships and the 2022 women's basketball final four have already been here. So that's very exciting news coming there. Um, also college hockey coming up in 2021. Um, they're going to change some format rules for the men's and women's. Um, the new rule, all teams tied at the end of regulation will play a five minute three on three sudden victory overtime period to decide the winner. If neither team scores, a three-person shootout could be used in conference games or in-season tournaments for advanced purposes. Um, I kind of like that. I like it when they do the three-on-three for overtime. I know some of the uh, old-school guys don't want that going on. Oh, don't change the game. It's happening. It's the way it's going to be. Um, this is the way it is, unfortunately. The panel also proved um, – officials to use the wearing of face visors instead of the, for you know, um, ejecting the center, uh, ejecting people. If a second violation of the same team occurs during the same face-off, a two-minute bench minor take place. So can't be lipping off without getting a penalty. Committee members think this will speed up the face of the play. Now, this is the part I got a problem with because you see it in hockey, and I always loved it handshakes. While it remains committed to sportsmanship, the Men's and Women's Ice Hockey Rules Committee voted to remove the rule to require team members to shake hands after the game. I don't get that. I, I got a problem with that one. Uh, the 20 U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame 2020 class was announced. Minnesota's Dan Bloss, Wisconsin's Tony Gardo, Minnesota Duluth's Jenny Potter, and Boston College's Jerry York are in this year's Hall of Fame class. And that, sir, is what I got for sports news. Do you have anything else to add, take away? Just for, uh, for local, local baseball, uh, amateur baseball, the Roy Hobbs Amateur Senior Men's Tournament kicks off here tomorrow down in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, this is a tournament for players over 35 years old. 
I know Minnesota sends a, a bunch of teams down there. They'll be starting tomorrow. Uh, the week after that, on Sunday, starts the 45 and over team. Um, and that's the one that I play on here. Yeah, we just finished our uh, fall season ended today. And so Wait a minute. You, you qualify for the over 35 league? What's that? You're old enough to qualify for the over 35 league? Old enough to qualify, yes. And so wow, I'm playing in the over 45 uh, mm. league. Uh, Minnesota will be sending four teams down in two weeks. Uh, remember, you got to be over 45 to play. And there's 44 teams total down in Fort Myers, uh, Florida, that play in this tournament, uh, mainly from the U.S., uh, some teams from Germany, Russia, the Dominican Republic, and uh, uh, Minnesota will be sending four, the Minneapolis Millers, the Minnesota Diamonds, the HPK Oilers, and the Minnesota Bandits. If you see my cap here, yep. I'm a member of the Minnesota Bandits. But four teams will be sent down. What I'll be doing next week for the show, Andy, is – we might do a segment on next week's show live in Fort Myers. Uh, these tournaments take place on the Boston Red Sox training facility fields and the Minnesota Twins training facility fields. As these fields are normally empty this time of year, they don't get any use before the uh, spring training kicks in. And um, so they're able to utilize with tournaments like this. Uh, tournaments that go uh, an entire month, basically the entire month is four straight weeks. The weeks after the 45s is a group of only 53 and above. And after that is got to be 60 and above. And there's a small group, not a lot, but if you're going to play baseball, if you're over 70, you can be in the 70 division. So it keeps the, uh, you have goals then you have goals to advance up to those. You have, other people brackets, have goals right? to play in these, uh, the 70 year old bracket one bench, day, but they're, they're seventies and they, and they, in, 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 interesting stuff, but it's the it's the only tournament like it. Uh, there's other tournaments like this that are done in Arizona, but this uh, Roy Hobbs tournament is called the World Series of Senior Men's Baseball. So it's fun. It's fun stuff. We'll be reporting live down there next week uh, for the show. So Great. I will be hopefully doing it for one of the fields down there. So that's all I've got for that. All right. We'll do uh... – this week at sports history and birthdays, and then music history and birthdays next. Ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Sports history, October 12th. <sighs> I, I was okay with it. I know some Viking fans have a problem with this. October 12th, 1989, Dallas running back Herschel Walker is traded from the Cowboys to the Vikings for five players and six future draft picks that included Emmett Smith, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith, and Darren Woodson. Uh, Dallas got three rings out of the deal. Um, they were like geniuses afterwards, and we didn't. 1991, Doug Flutie, the BC Lions, sets a CFL passing record for 582 yards, despite losing the game 45 to 38 in overtime. Now, that's just Doug Flutie for you, right there. I guess is his. Oh, now speaking of, if I can jump in yeah. here, Andy. Speaking of Doug Flutie, in the last couple of years he has played in that tournament in Fort Myers in the over 45 division. Oh. And uh, he's in the same tournament. We may face him this year, but he, he comes down there and he pitches. Oh, okay. He's a very good pitcher, uh, but Doug Flutie will be in the same tournament in Fort Myers. Uh, if I get a hold of him, maybe it'd be nice to do a sports and songs little side interview with Mr. Flutie himself. Very nice. 
Yes. Birthdays for October 12th, 1932, Ned Jarrett, uh, NASCAR driver and announcer, born that day in North Carolina. 1936, Tony Kubak, uh, played shortstop for the Yankees and was a baseball announcer. Remember him from early in my career, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 1962, Fernandez, El Cid, baseball pitcher, pitched for the Mets, born in Honolulu, Hawaii. When Sid Fernandez was, was with the Mets, Sid got one to put S's up for Sid. So it's a yes. Sid. Ah, my, and then 1968 birthday, Leon Lett. Dallas Cowboys, most notably known for that right there, though. <laughs> Game in, Dal- in Dallas where it snowed, they opened up the old Texas Stadium there against the Dolphins, blocked the field goal. He could just let the ball roll, but I'm not making excuses for him, but your instinct is to go after the ball. He did. Touched it. Didn't recover it. Miami did. Won the game. So and that was with players from the Herschel Walker trade, so it kind of came back a little bit later there. So 1968, Mike Trombley, a former Minnesota twin, was born in Springfield, Massachusetts that day. 1969, Nancy Kerrigan. Um, I didn't want to put up any pictures of her knee because I'm trying to be a nice person. 94 Olympic silver medalist was born in Massachusetts. 1970, Charlie Ward uh, wins the Heisman Trophy in college football as a quarterback. Goes on to be a point guard for the Knicks. So um, I think it was a good choice for him. I don't think he was going to make it in the NFL. So he, he took the money, went to basketball, and had a decent career. 19, uh, October 13th. 1969, Billy Martin uh, manages the Twins to a 97 and 65 record, and they're getting fired. That says Billy being Billy. 1982, the IOC, Air National Olympic Committee, Executive Committee approves the reinstatement of Jim Thorpe's gold medals from the 1912 Olympics. And in 1996, New York Jet kicker Nick Lowry breaks Jan Senarud's field goal record with 374. October birthday is October 13th, 1942. Speaking of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones. Uh, he's been their Cowboys owner since 1939. Uh, 1960, Brew, Tim Brewster. Uh, coached Gophers for a while. He was basically a coordinator everywhere else he went. Uh, got a cup of coffee with the Gophers as a coach. Uh, his birthday, 1969. Happy birthday, Coach Brew. 1962, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Jerry Rice. His name came up. Um, Wide receiver, his 13 times Pro Bowl, San Francisco. Hi, Steph. How are you doing? Good. How are you? We got a live studio audience. Here Hi, today. Danny. Hello. <laughs> live studio right. audience. Um, so, Jerry Rice's birthday. 1967, Trevor Hoffman, baseball Hall of Fame closer, pitched first pitcher to 500 and 600 saves. Wow. Milestone. October 14th, 1973. 42-year-old future baseball Hall of Fame center fielder Willie Mays' last at-bat career hit as New York Mets win. They beat the A's 10-7 in the World Series game two, his last hit. 1979, NHL's greatest score ever, Wayne Gretzky scores his first NHL goal. My hero, 2003, fan Steve Bartman deflects a baseball away from Chicago Cubs outfielder Moises Alou. 
Cubs give up eight runs in the inning and lose to the Marlins 8-3, and the Bartman incident is seen as the turning point in the series. Get over it. That's all I got to say. I, I do know, uh, Andy, that year that I did go as a Halloween outfit as Steve Bartman. Many others did as well. Nice. Moise Salubi. You know what? I, I, I loved all the games this year. Along the railing, a lot of stadiums had Steve Bartman cut out sitting there. I thought that was great. Yes. <laughs> Birthday is 1941. Art Schmansky, American baseball player, born in St. Louis, Missouri. 1964, Joe Girardi, uh, catcher for the Yankees, great manager. He'll, he'll get a job managing again. Birthday. October 15th, 1980, George Brett forced to sit out one game of the World Series because of hemorrhoids. 1986, the longest postseason game. Mets beat the Astros 7-6 in 16 innings to win the National League pennant. 1988, with two outs, bottom of ninth. An injured Kurt Gibson wobbles on up to hit a two-run homer off the Dodger to give the Dodgers a 5-4 win in Game 1 of the World Series. I remember sitting there watching that game. My friend Mark and I were sitting there keeping score of the game. He was keeping the Dodgers box score. I was keeping the A's box score. Kurt Gibson came up. I marked, we both marked on strikeout. I marked Eckersley the save, Stewart the win. We had it all set. Gibson hits a home run. I never liked Kurt Gibson. I never liked him when he played with the Tigers. I didn't like him with the Dodgers. And I still don't like him. <laughs> 1989, Wayne Gretzky passes Gordy Howe. NHL's all-time top scorer. Birthday is 1945. Jim Palmer, the Orioles, was born in New York City. 1972, Coach Fred Hoiberg uh, played for the Timberwolves for a while. Uh, he's now the college basketball coach at Nebraska. So Coach Hoiberg's birthday. The mayor. The mayor, yes. October 16th, 1969. 101-shot 100 New York Mets beat the Baltimore Orioles 5-3 and win the 66th World Series in five games. 101 shot at the beginning of the year. Wow. <laughs> Birthday is 1941, Tim McCarver. He's got a World Series ring. Just ask him. He shows you. <laughs> he played for the Phillies and the Mets. He's been an announcer for ABC and CBS, and he pops up every now and then. But Tim McCarver, and McCarver had a great career. Don't get me wrong. He's just not a good announcer. Last catcher to steal home base in a World Series, though. He'll tell you that, too. 1961, Chris Dolman, Hall of Famer, uh, eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team Pro Bowler for the Vikes, uh, ended his career in San Francisco, I believe. Uh, born in Indianapolis, Indiana, passed away earlier this year, Chris Dolman. Manute Bowl, 1962, born NBA center. 1972, Cordell Stewart, slash, for the Steelers. And 1980, Sue Bird. Uh, we just talked about Sue Bird out uh, with the Seattle Storm ladies basketball team in the women's league at her birthday. 1992, Bryce Harper, the Phillies. Don't like him either. He plays for the Phillies. 1992 birthday. October 17th, 1989, the earthquake in San Francisco of a 6.9 cancels Game 3 of the World Series. Killed 67 people. I, I remember watching that. I was working at the bowling alley at the time in high school. We went to go turn the game, and we're all like, what the hell's Roseanne doing on? You know, so we thought, well, maybe it's rain or something. So someone went and checked the radio. And, you know, this was 89, so it wasn't this quick. Everybody's got to have news coverage right away. The earthquake happened. They lost feed there. 
So ABC panicked and went to showing Roseanne. But that was a very scary time. I don't know for a lot of the players there, too. Um, I've heard a lot of Terry Steinbach stories. Um, of course, him being local, we heard a lot of the Steinbach stories. Very, very scary for the players because you don't know where your family is. You're in a baseball stadium. Well, in a stadium there, a football baseball stadium, not the most sound structures in the world after an earthquake. So I could see their concern there. Uh, birthdays, 19, or 1848. William Candy Cummings, American Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher, credited for creating the curveball, was born in Ware, Massachusetts. On October 18th, 1967, the American League votes to allow athletes to move, or the athletics to move from Kansas City to Oakland. Expand the league to 12 teams in 71. Kansas City getting a new team and Seattle getting a team. 1974, Chicago Bulls' Nate Thurman becomes first nba to complete the quadruple-double. He had 22 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, or dimes as the kids call it nowadays, and 12 blocks. 1977, Reggie Jackson hits three consecutive home runs, tying Babe Ruth's record. Birthdays, Keith Jackson, the American sportscaster for ABC, Monday Night Football and College Football. Oh, Nelly, there he is. His birthday, 19. Or, yeah, uh, 1928, passed away in 2018. 1933, Forrest Craig, Football Hall of Famer, pro ta uh, tackle, nine-time pro bowler for the Packers and Cowboys was born. Uh, 1939, Mike Ditka, coach, coach Ditka, uh, coach the Bears, played for the Cowboys. He was actually NFL Rookie of the Year in 1961. Born in Pennsylvania. 1956, Martina Navratilova, tennis player, 18 Grand Slam titles. Her birthday. And that does it for sports. We'll move on to the music part of birthdays in history. In 1970. Jesus Christ Superstar opens up on Broadway, telling the story of the last seven days of the life of Jesus Christ. 2003, a blind Puerto Rico singer named Jose Feliciano performs the Star Spangled Banner for the first time since his favorable rendition at the Tigers Cardinals World Series game in 1968, which I think we mentioned last week. The thing was, is his performance with the Marlins Cubs playoff game. The game went off without an incident. 1981, U2 releases their second album, October. Reflecting their Christian faith, it's based on the illusionists of the Bible, notably the song Gloria. 1969, Russ Gibb, a DJ at WKNR in Detroit, takes a call from a listener who tells him that if he plays the Beatles songs Revolution 9 backwards, the voice says, Turn me on, dead man. Gibb played the record in reverse on the air. The phone lines lit up with astonished listeners offering more clues as to why Paul McCartney might be dead. For about a week, Gibb entertains the stream of rumors on the show as ratings explode and the story goes national. Other clues include a voice at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever that says, I buried Paul. Actually, John Lennon crying cranberry sauce. And the cover of the Sgt. Pepper album, where Paul is wearing an armband that says OPD, officially pronounced dead. 
Isn't Paul Lewin still alive? Beatles. And here's all these records saying he's dead. And he's the last man stand. October 13th, 2000, Eddie Vedder, Ben Harper, and Patti Smith and others all take to the Madison Square Garden rally for the U.S. presidential candidate Ralph Nader. George Bush eventually wins the election with Nader taking key votes from the Democratic challenger Al Gore. 1992, Prince releases an album with a symbol on the cover that later becomes his name. That is actually a very good album. I've had, I have that one. That's a pretty cool album. 1978, Queen released Fat Bottom Girls Bicycle Race Singer, Single, featuring the cover that combines the imagery of both songs. Birthdays, I don't have a year on this one, but Happy from Hairball has a birthday on that day. So happy birthday, happy. Very nice man. There he is, happy. If you've ever seen Hairball, he's kind of a comedic one out there, kind of MCs the shows to go through. Very nice man. 1960, Marie Osmond is born. Olive Marie Osmond in Utah. Known for her 1973 cover, country cover of Paper Roses and her collaboration with her brother Danny on a TV variety show. 1947, Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker, is born in California. Same Sammy Hagar who replaced David Lee Roth as lead singer Van Halen from 85 to 96 before returning again in 2004. 1941, Paul Simon is born in Newark, New Jersey. He meets his longtime music partner, Art Garfunkel, and they both perform in school production of Alice in Wonderland for their sixth grade graduation. They would become Simon and Garfunkel. October 14th, 1972, Michael Jackson's Ben, a song about a boy and his love for a pet rat, hits number one in the U.S. Sad. 2006, opening for Rascal Flats at Madison Square Garden, Eric Church goes off kilter playing a little, playing a little crazy train, stayed on stage past his allotted time. He's kicked off the tour and replaced by some newcomer named Taylor Swift. 1974, Nashville veterans worry about the sanctity of country music when Olivia Newton-John wins Female Vocalist of the Year at the CMA Awards. <laughs> 1978, the Kiss solo LPs, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, and Peter Chris enter Billboard charts at these positions. Peter Chris, 85, is fairly 87, Gene Simmons 88, Paul Stanley 89. Gene ends up selling the most copies. Pretty sure that didn't go to his head afterwards. 1971, Little Richard's publisher sues CCR, Creighton's Clearwater Revival, claiming traveling band sounds too similar to Richard's Good Golly Miss Wally. A settlement is eventually reached. Now I don't have copies of the music here for you, but that's your homework assignment, everybody. Listen to those two songs. See if there's a similarity. Birthdays, 1974. Shaggy Two Dope, or Joseph Uster, of Insane Clown Posse, was born in Michigan. 1959. AJ Pirro, drummer of Twisted Sisters, born Anthony Jude Pirro in Staten Island. AJ did pass away a few years ago. Uh, drummer of Twisted Sister, very nice, very nice guy. Very nice. Man, not a bad word ever said about it when you heard about him. 1947, Al Atkins, the first frontman for Judas Priest, was born in England. 
1946, Dan McCafferty, lead singer of Nazareth, is born in Scotland. 1945, Colin Hodgkins, bassist for Whitesnake, is born in England. October 15, 1971, Rick Nelson, formerly known as Ricky Nelson, plays Rock and Roll Spectacular Concert at Madison Square Garden. When he plays some newer songs, the hit-hungry audience boos, making Nelson turn around and write the song Garden Party about his experience at the and that song later becoming a hit to revive his career. 2014 at the St. Louis Blues, at St. Louis Club, Blueberry Hill, Chuck Berry performs for the last time. The rocker who dies in 2017 played monthly gigs at that venue since 1996. 1995, Paul McCartney and his wife Linda appear on an episode of The Simpsons where they help Lisa become a vegetarian. Paul explains that if you play Maybe I'm, Maybe I'm Amazed Backwards, you'll hear a recipe for lentil soup. And there's Paul and Linda right there. With <laughs> 1987, Joe Satriani. Second full-length solo album, Surfing with the Alien, is released. The popular all-instrumental album kicks open the door for similar-style guitar shred albums, which we've talked about here with Generation X and Marty Freeman and Buckethead and other guys like that. Joe really kind of opened the door for that there. 1973, Stones guitarist Keith Richards is banned from entertaining, from entertaining France for two years when he's found guilty by the Nice court for using and supplying and trafficking cannabis. Birthdays, 1953, Tito Jackson of the Jacksons is born in, oddly enough, Gary, Indiana. 1946, Richard Carpenter of the Carpenters is born in New Haven, Connecticut. He would later relocate to California. 1976, now this one I looked up to make sure because I didn't believe it, but yeah, it's true. 1976, disc jockey Rick Dees hits number one in the U.S. with Disco Duck, a goofy number that envisions Donald Duck enjoying the spoils of the disco era. It is the last novelty song to top the Hot 100 charts. Weird Al never had a number one song Although, like we said a couple weeks ago, he did have a number one album, but never had a number one song. So there's that. 2003, Apple launches a Windows version of iTunes Store, previously available only on Macs. And that was in 2003. That feels like years ago. You know, oh, on my Mac computer. You know, it's blown so fast. 1991, Red Hot Chili Peppers kick off their blood, sugar, sex, Magic Tour with a show in Madison, Wisconsin. The opening acts are Smashing Pumpkins and a new band called Pearl Jam. 1962, Flea, basis for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, was born Michael Peter Balzari in Melbourne, Australia. His nickname, originally Mike B. the Flea, comes from his manic energy as he's always jumping around. In 1943, C.F. Fred Turner, bassist and vocalist for Bachman Turner Overdrive, is born in Charles Frederick Turner in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. October 17, 1977, Leonard Skinner released Street Survivors, their last album with frontman Ronnie Van Zant and guitarist Steve Gaines. As both are killed only three days later and the band's plane goes down in route from to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 1995, Rhino Records released all 58 episodes of The Monkees in a, blo 
in a deluxe VHS box set. It's a big box set. 21 tapes make it the largest video release of all time. So remember a box set of 21 VHS tapes. Time Life doesn't send out box sets that big anymore. 21 VHS tapes for all Monkeys episodes. 1997, rapper Warren G. Garth Brooks and followed lawsuit singer claiming he infringed it on his G logo. Pretty sure Garth just cut him a check and told him to go away. 1991, John Mellencamp faints during a radio station appearance in Seattle and is rushed to the hospital where cardiologist cites too much coffee, stress, and not enough breakfast as a cause. His chain smoking didn't help the matter much either. Birthday is 1972. Marshall Bruce Mathers III, Eminem born in St. Joseph, Missouri. He eventually moves to Michigan and sells there. 1963, reggae musician Ziggy Marley is born in Kingston, Jamaica. David Nesta Marley. 1958, country singer Alan Jackson is born in New Jersey or in Georgia. Noonan, Georgia. 1947, Michael McKean, who, who played frontman David St. Hubbins in the fictional band Spinal Tap, is born in New York City. He's also known for his recurring role as the wacky neighbor Lenny on the TV show Lenny and Squiggy. So there you have it right there. 1942, Gary Puckett, frontman of the Union Gap, is born in Hibbing, Minnesota, but would be raised in Yakima, Washington not far from the city, Union Gap. October 18th, wrap it up, 1969, promoter Richard Nader puts on the first ever rock and roll revival concerts with performances by Chuck Berry, The Coasters, The Shirelles, Shanana, and Bill Haley. Held in Madison Square Garden's fleet form, the two shows sell out, landing, leading to a series of similar concerts and an emergence of the oldies format. 2000, year 2000. Rage Against the Machine, lead singer Zach De La, De La Rocha quits the politically charged rock outfit, releasing a statement saying, our decision-making process has completely failed. It is no longer, is no longer meeting the aspirations of all four of us collectively as a band. And from my perspective, has undermined our artistic and political ideal. The, three, the other three members, Form Audio Slave with Chris Cornell. Rage returns to action with the original lead singer in 2007. 1989, during a gig opening for the Rolling Stones in Los Angeles, Axl Rose of Guns N' Roses announces on stage, unless certain people in this band get their S together, there will be no, this will be the last Guns N' Roses show. The effing over everything you see because I'm tired of too many people in this organization dancing with Mr. Brownstone. Axel, really? You of all people? It is an early indicator of the issues that arise in the band as lots of people, in, I think everyone in the band had, went in for substance abuse at one time. Not bad. Um, talented band, don't get me wrong, but just another proof of how drugs and alcohol ruined it. Birthday is 1984, jazz bassist. Esperanza Spalding is born in Portland, Oregon. She wins the 2011 Grammy Award for Best New Artist, becoming the first jazz artist to do so. 
beating out some kid named Justin Bieber that year. <laughs> 1949, Gary Rothschild, guitarist of Ariel Speedwagon, is born in Peoria, Illinois. And 1926, Chuck Berry, born in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, before we go to the album review, Dan, I do have a concert review we talked about. Uh, I mentioned on the page. Went last night to Amadena Ballroom. Uh, Headliner was them pesky kids. Went to go see them. But the opening band, opening band, Legacy of the Loud. Cover band, both of them are cover bands, 80s cover bands. That's what we're into. That's what we do. We're sitting at our table because that's the way it is now. You buy tickets for a table to sit at. So we're sitting there and Another couple comes, they sit there next to us. They're, they're, they're the other, there's four of us at the table. It's me and my lovely bride, this other couple. One guy goes, well, what do you know about this other band, them pesky kids? I said, I've seen some stuff online, not too much. They go, what do you think of the other opening band? I can see it aloud. I said, same thing. How about you? He goes, oh, my niece just married the bassist player for Legacy of the Loud. So a little inside poop on their story there, their band, how some of them all Played and didn't play with everybody else. Um, my review, like a lot of times you go to a concert, you go, there to the, you go there to the band, the headliner, and the opening act always just destroys it and just blows you away, and they're the highlight of the night. That's what happened last night. Legacy Allowed blew me away. They didn't do your basic 80s covers. Yeah, they did. And they did like a melody of songs. They won't play like the entire song. So they did like six Guns N' Roses songs, and the guy nailed it out of the park for Guns N' Roses. Then they changed lead singers. Then the guy comes out, I've never heard an 80s cover band do White Snake songs so perfect like this guy did. And they did the B-side songs too. They didn't just do Slide It In and all the other they did other songs. They were great. Um, when he came back out, the guy did Motley Crue. They did some other stuff. They did Quiet Riot. Legacy of the Loud, if you get a chance to go see them, go see them. Money well spent. We'll put their tour dates up on the Facebook page this weekend. Or you uh, find them on Facebook yourself. Very much worth it. Headliner Act, Them Pesky Kids. The sound was great. Their lead guitarist, awesome. Um, he's done a lot of guitar work with other bands. Very great. But there was something wrong with the audio when they played. I couldn't hear them sing or say a lick. Luckily, the music was good enough. I, I knew what they were playing and everything else, but I couldn't hear any audio from them. Uh, we ended up leaving that one a little early just because it was getting so frustrating. It's like, I, I, I like this, but I'd like to hear them sing too. So we ended up going early. I think we left like 10 minutes early to avoid the crowd. But uh, there wasn't much of a crowd there at Medina, but like we said before, these shows at Medina are these other places. There wasn't many people there. 17 bucks a ticket. We were in the what's called gold seats. Um, if you're familiar with Medina, we're on the floor. Uh, we had the back row, so we were like center back at the table on what would be the dance floor. So great seats. You sit there. My ears are still ringing a little bit now because they set the volume for that building to be full. Well, it's at 50%, so of course there's no one sucking up the sound in there. But great sound, except for them pesky kids. I couldn't hear that. There's a problem with microphones. I couldn't hear it very well. I heard a few other people that were with saying that too. But they sounded great musically. They're very talented. They weren't butchering it. They sounded great. Legacy of Loud, awesome. Very recommend both of them a lot, especially Legacy of Loud. I'd see them again in a second. 
them pesky kids, I'd like to give them another chance to see them because I couldn't hear them. So I'd like to give them another shot next time I have a chance to see them. But both very good, highly recommended. Medina, a great place to go. Uh, another shameless plug, eat at Robert's downstairs beforehand. It's worth it. You're there for the night. Do it upright. Treat yourself. Go all out. That's what, Mrs. and I have done that a couple times there. It's worth it. You eat at Robert's. You go upstairs for the show. You have a good time. And that's my music review. Your album of the week, sir, would be what? Well, <clears throat> we've got an album of the week here today. Speaking of cover bands, Andy, oh. uh, I, I think you'll like this one. Once again, it's a, it's a surprise, but uh, it's a 2007 release by Tef Tesla called Real to Real. Now, I'm going to bring this up. This is the second time you've done Tesla. Yes. Tesla, the first one, was a uh, actual music that oh. they did. The reason I picked this one, it's they did two volumes of complete cover songs. And if you get a chance to get this album, 2007, Reel to Reel, volume one, it's, once again, all cover songs. And these guys do it awesome. Song one, I'll start off uh, on volume one, Space Truckin'. It's a cover song of a 1972 Deep Purple song. Uh, very good. Song two is Walk Away. That's a cover of the James Gang 1971 release. And then they do a cover of the Hand Me Down World, Hand Me Down World by the Guess Who. And then Bad Reputation, Bad Reputation, a Thin Lizzy song from 76. Oh, okay. Then they do Thank You, the Led Zeppelin version of Thank You. Very good. Uh, then I've Got a Feeling by the Beatles. Then they follow that up with track seven, Day of the Eagle, a 1974 Robin Trower song, Day of the Eagle. Song eight is Ball of Confusion, cover song by The Temptations. Then Rock Bottom, cover song by UFO with Mr. Michael Shanker. Yep. Song 10 is Stealin'. Stealin' is a Uriah Heap cover song, 1973. Song 11 is Bell Bottom Blues. Eric Clapton wrote that song. Uh, original artist was Derek and the Dominoes, 1970. Wow. Bell Bottom Blues. And, and Tesla pulls it off pretty good. The last two tracks on volume one, Honky Tonk Women, Rolling Stones, and the final song, Dear Mr. Fantasy, a cover of the 1967 song by Traffic. Now, usually, Andy, I do one album review. Now, this week, I do one, but I'm going to bring it down. This is the actual cover of Reel to Reel, number two. So it's a handwritten cover. They didn't put much any any artwork at all tesla into uh, releasing these cover songs they basically wrote down on a piece of paper with the old scotch 3m and this was their cover so this is real to real volume two released separately 
after volume one came out. Now this one I start off, this is 12 songs on this track. And these are both, both albums or CDs that if you're at a house party, hanging out with some buddies in the backyard garage, you could put, put this on and just press play and walk away. Everyone's going to know the songs and they're good. They just have to be all performed by Tesla. Song one, all the young dudes. Mock the Hoople, 1972. Song two is Make It Last, the old Montrose song. Yep. Song three, Shooting Star, the 1975 cover of Bad Company. Not Fragile, song four, Bachman Turner Overdrive. BTO. BTO. Song five, they do the Stones again. This time it's Street Fighting Man from 1968. Song six, they get an Alice Cooper cover, Is It My Body? Song seven, I Want to Take You Higher, a cover of Sly and the Family Stone from 69. And then Do You Feel Like We Do? Peter Frampton. Tesla pulls off this from a 73 Peter Frampton song. Song nine, they cover ZZ Top. Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, 1973. Follows up with Seasons of Wither by Aerosmith, a cover from Aerosmith from 74. Song 11, Saturday Night Special, of course, Leonard Skinner. And they follow that up, track 12, a Black Sabbath song, War Pigs. <laughs> track 12, they do War Pigs by Sabbath, uh, well done. All these songs are, are good. They're all just just clean, heavy metal songs, rock music. Uh, old school, I should, I should say. But What I like is they took some 60s songs, too. They weren't, and they were not really the B-sides, but not the popular songs you'd think of from all these artists, too. No, it's, it's not. It's random songs, and it's uh, very good stuff. I, I enjoy it. I like that. It's one that you can just simply press play and walk away and... Um, these guys pull it off. Uh, they did so well on this volume one. They did another one, volume two. But if you look it up, it's 2007 release. All the songs performed by Tesla, but they're all cover, all cover songs, every single one. Did they release them at the same time like Guns N' Roses did with Use Your Illusion one and two? No, they uh, they released one, and then when they did a tour, they gave that out and sold it as kind of a oh. test market on tour that one year, and then they had such a high. Uh, Rating they released the second one uh, to record stores as well, so I think they're both 2007 releases. Yeah, I was thinking about this last night when we were at the concert, and you bring it up too. A lot of these cover bands, or you see like Thunderstruck's an ACDC cover band, they go out Heartless, a heart cover band. I have never heard of a winger cover band ever, have you? <laughs> just, just saying, no winger cover band, but but these are. These are good. Uh, if, if you like old school classic rock rock music, boy, uh, Tesla really pulls it off. I will review another Tesla album down the road because they've got so many, of course. Right. Uh, they're kind of underrated, I think. Uh, sorry? I think they're underrated. They're better than yes. people. They've got a lot of uh, albums out there with a lot of good music and a lot of good songs, and they've been around for a while, but everyone knows the, the top five uh, you know, songs yep. they've done back in the the 80s and early 90s but uh they've got they've got they've been around for decades but these cover songs are good if you get a chance to listen to them you will not be disappointed 
All right. Uh, next week, we'll have a little smattering of a show. You'll be on the road. Kind of do some bits and pieces like we've, like we've done in the past. May not have a sit-down formal, formal show like this, but we'll have our bits and pieces. So watch for both of us on Instagram this next week with uh, updates and stuff throughout the week. That's all I've got for episode 44. Andy, anything else? Uh, no, next week, uh, 45, then the week after, the one-year anniversary show. Yes, we're coming up on one-year anniversary of the show. Uh, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening and the, uh, and the comments and the suggestions. Keep them coming in because they're always helpful. Thank you. We'll see you next time. See you next time.